Hey, hey, hey. How are you all doing today? Did you all miss me? Because I missed you. I haven't done Finance Friday Live, I think, in a, I don't know, maybe a week or two. I've been traveling, conferences, vacation, all types of stuff, but it was much needed. But I'm glad to be back for our Finance Friday Live today because we have some hot button stuff that's happened. Let me just give me a moment because I'm a little out of practice. Let me make sure everything is set up correctly. And we are live everywhere we're supposed to. Hello, toilet paper hands. <laughs> I love that name. That's funny. I hope you are well today. All right. So I should be live everywhere now. Let me just double check. All right, cool. So we have a lot to talk about because there's a lot going on. We are going to hit on the whole Bank of America thing, that's for sure. And I also want to hit on the student loan thing too. Now, before we get into the juice, <laughs> I did want to mention thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone because I have reached 500 subscribers on YouTube, which I'm super excited about because now it opens up the community tab so I can make some posts on YouTube and things like that. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube, please head over there and do that. Even though I made 500, now the goal is a thousand. Um, <laughs> so please go over there and do that for me. That would be amazing. And the beauty of it is I post different stuff on all these platforms. You have to follow me everywhere in order to get everything. So anyway, I just wanted to make that announcement and just say thank you to all of you for that are subscribers for subscribing to me on YouTube because that is awesome. Now, Let's get into Bank of America. So if you haven't noticed, if you've been under a rock all week, everybody's talking about how Bank of America is announced zero down payment, zero closing costs, mortgages for black and Hispanic first time home buyers, which I think is amazing. That is awesome. But we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty behind it. And also just have a little discussion about it, right? So that was the news article. Bank of America has this new program. It is getting heavily advertised on all of the news platforms and media platforms. And I have read a lot about it. Now, in my Facebook group, so if you're not in there, like I said, it's something different everywhere. But in my Facebook group, we had a really good discussion about this whole thing. Because if you all remember, if you listen to the podcast, I interviewed somebody named Mark Jones from Living Rent Free, and he told us about the NACA program, right? So N-A-C-A. And the NACA program is essentially the same thing that Bank of America just rolled out. They offer zero down payment, zero closing costs, and it's targeted at lower income or people that are able to afford a home, but aren't able to all the closing costs and the down payments and all that stuff. They're not able to do that, but they have a good history. So they've been renting for years, maybe. Um, and that sort of thing. It targets those types of people to try to get them in homes, which I feel is super beneficial. Now, the question came up in my Facebook group that even though Bank of America is making this announcement, isn't it just the NACA program? What's the big to-do about this? Of course, I'm like, hmm, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Let me start doing some research and look that up. 
So when in my research, I went to the NECA website and I did realize that Bank of America is a big partner of the NECA program. So a lot of the loans that NECA provides are from Bank of America, but that is not their only lender that they partner with. And so I saw other lenders out there. I think it was like City did some of their loans or whatever. So Bank of America launching this program has nothing to do with NACA, even though NACA is nationwide, because their thing was, why are they going down to select cities? Because the Bank of America program is only going to be available in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami for now. And so they're like, if this is the NACA program, it's already nationwide. Why are they dialing back? So Bank of America is pretty much taking the NACA program and doing their own version, their own flavor, and it's their own now. They made their own version. So that's pretty much what's going on. So if you're not familiar with the NACA program and you don't live in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, or Miami, then check that out because it's the exact same thing. It's pretty much the exact same thing. You have to go through home ownership class. You have to show your rental history and all that stuff. So look into it. I'm not going to dive into it too much here, but I did a whole podcast episode on it. You can read up on it, go to the NECA website or what have you, but that's pretty much the same program that Bank of America rolled out. So there is hope for people that aren't in those specific cities that Bank of America is targeting right now. So check that out. But anyway, that's the whole thing with this Bank of America thing. I think it's awesome, but I also think we should see how it goes. We all know how the history of banking has. And so let's just see how it goes. Let's see if they implement it. And if they if they do it in the right way and it does what they tout that it's going to do. Cool. Awesome. But let's just see what happens. OK. And if you have any experience with either NACA or this new Bank of America program, let me know how it goes. Cause I like to know like the real stuff, like not what the news channels reports and stuff like that, because they tell you whatever they want. I want to hear from real people that actually went through these programs or are going through these programs to let me know how it is. And then I can share that out. So definitely check it out. Bank of America announced zero down payment, zero closing costs, mortgages for black and Hispanic first time home buyers. Definitely check that out. Now, if you all have any questions, please feel free to drop them because I am checking on all of that. Now let me do a quick check before I switch gears a little bit. One quick announcement, too, I forgot to do in the beginning. I am now doing a Tuesday Ask Tiffany episode on the podcast. So if you have any questions and our First episode will drop this Tuesday. But if you have any questions you want to ask me, whether it's business or whether it's money, just go to www.moneytalkwitht.com forward slash ask Tiffany. Everything is anonymous, even though it asks for your name and email. It will not be said on on <laughs> it will not be said on the podcast. So please be let me know what you want to know. Let me know your money questions. This first one is actually going to be real good. I highly recommend listening to it because somebody asked me about fraud. Somebody close to them used their credit card. What do they do now? And so I answer that question. Like I said, moneytalkwitht.com forward slash ask Tiffany if you want me to answer your questions. So let's hop into 
some more stuff that happened this week. Sam's Club. If you are a Sam's Club member, I have some bad news. <laughs> they are going up on their prices. I'm sad because I love Sam's Club and I go there all the time. But I mean, it's only $10, y'all. So starting October 17th, annual membership fees at Sam's Club will move from $45 to $50 for club members and $100 to $110 for plus members. So it's not too big of a jump. And hey, only Mo, it's not too big of a jump, but it's something to keep in mind. They also said... And this is a statement from their email. We are mindful of the financial pressure on wallets right now. You think? So this year's renewal increase is on us. We're giving back $5 in Sam's Cash to club members and $10 in Sam's Cash to Plus members shortly after renewal. Then it has a little asterisk. And of course, they do their disclaimers. But somebody in my Facebook group like I said, if you if you haven't joined, join because we have a lot of good conversations. They were like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me they are giving me cash to use back in their store? So it really just goes back to them. I said, yeah, pretty much. But at least they're trying to do something. Personally, I'm going to keep my Sam's Club membership because I use it practically every week. And the gas is real cheap, too. So I'll still be with Sam's, but I just wanted to let y'all know if you are a Sam's Club member and thinking about membership, you might want to sign up now before they go up. And then once it goes up, at least you'll get that five and ten dollars too. got to think about things. All right. So that's that. I want to make that one real short and brief. The next thing that student loan forgiveness, y'all. I know I've been talking about this pretty much every week because every week is a new development, it seems. But I think we are now, we are now making headway on this student loan stuff. And I am so excited because I need my monies. <laughs> I need my monies. With the student loan thing, I said, you know what? I don't want to rely on the news reports and stuff on this. I want to go straight to the source. So I went to the government website. If you didn't know that you can do that, you can. Whitehouse.gov. So that's the official site for any announcements and things like that. Oh, speaking of, President Biden is live now talking about the American Rescue Plan. So maybe I'll cover that next week. But let's get back to these student loans. So I went to the fact sheet about student loan relief, okay? And in here, of course, a lot of fluff, blah, 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 blah. I wanted to get to the good stuff. President Biden announced a three-part plan to provide more breathing room to America's working families as they continue to recover from the strains associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. So, number one, he wants to provide targeted debt, debt relief to address the financial harms of the pandemic, fulfilling the president's campaign commitment. Because that was a big thing he ran on was forgiving student loans then once he was elected he was like okay i can do ten thousand. so that was like a big thing on his campaign so it says the department of education will provide up to twenty thousand dollars in debt cancellation to pell grant recipients with loans held by the department of education so what does that mean that means if you are in school and you got a pell grant and had to get loans, then they are willing to do $20,000, okay? Then it says 
up to $10,000 in debt cancellation to non-Pell Grant recipients. So this is for people that weren't eligible for a Pell Grant when you were in school, but now you fall into you fall into less than the income threshold, which I'm about to get to, and still qualify for this program, you'll just get 10000 instead of 20000 okay? So hopefully we're clear on that. Then it says borrowers are eligible for this relief if their individual income is less than 125000 for a single person or 250000 for married couples. No high-income individual or high-income household in the top 5% of incomes will benefit from this action. To ensure a smooth transition to repayment and prevent unnecessary defaults, the pause on student loan repayment will be extended one final time through December 31st, 2022. So let me back up a little bit. Borrowers are eligible for this relief if their individual income is less than 125000 I have seen a lot of misinformation on the socials here lately with people thinking that instead of less than, it's more than. So they think it's only helping people that already have money. No, it's less than 125000 So don't get that confused. They are only helping people that make less than 125000 250000 for married, okay? Now let's go back up. The pause on the federal student loan repayment will be extended one final time through December 31st, 2022. That means the government is telling y'all this is it. We aren't extending this anymore. January 2023, you better be ready to start making those payments. So if you are not, if you are you know, not ready to make the payments now. They're giving you some time to get your financial life in order to get stuff together to go ahead and make those payments come January 2023. Now, keep in mind, all of the payment plans that were in existence before are still in existence. So if you need an income base, let's say, for instance, before COVID, you were doing really well at your job. And so you were able to make your payments. If now it's to the point where maybe you got laid off or you don't have that job anymore, you're doing something else, make sure you are applying for a different payment plan. You don't have to stick with the same payment plan. You can go to a different one if your situation has changed. I have already talked to my student loan company back in, I don't know, I want to say June, when I thought that they were going to start the payments back. And she had already told me, because I was already on the income-based repayment, she said that I didn't have to worry about payments until May, even if they were going to come due come September or August, whenever it was supposed to stop. She was like, I didn't have to worry about that because I was already in a program where that that wasn't going to be a thing. So I say that to say, talk to these people. <laughs> I say that to to my audience all the time. Don't be afraid of these debt collectors and stuff or people that you hold debts with. Talk to them and see what your options are. Also, he said he wants to make the student loan system more manageable for current and future bar borrowers by cutting monthly payments in half for undergraduate loans. So that's another part that's not getting that much exposure. Everybody is talking about the 10,000, 20,000, whatever. But the other side of that is he wants to help people or his administration wants to help people 
that are making the monthly payments. Those payments will pretty much be cut in half if it's for undergraduate. This does not specify if it was graduate loans. It's only applying to undergraduate loans. And so what it's doing is looking at 5% of a borrower's discretionary income. So instead of looking, I think before it was 10%, now they're only looking at 5% of your discretionary income and making the payment amount based on that. So that will be a good payment plan going forward instead of, because I know, for instance, my student loan payments were like five, $600 a month. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to make that payment, especially at that time with what I was doing? So I think this is good news for people that are coming through getting their degrees and stuff like that. Now, this is actually something that's going to help them in the future. Also, he talks about fixing the broken public service loan forgiveness program. If you're not familiar, it's also short PS, PSLF. That's if you work for a nonprofit government agency, whatever, you had to work there for 10 years. And then once you work there for 10 years, everything that's left on your loan will be forgiven. Now, he wants to propose a rule that borrowers who have worked at a nonprofit in the military or in federal, state, tribal, or local government receive appropriate credit toward loan forgiveness. These improvements will build on temporary changes the Department of Education has already made to this program, under which more than 175,000 public servants have already had more than 10 billion dollars in loan forgiveness approved. So what was happening was even though they offered this program, they was making it non-accessible to people to actually use it. And so they made some changes internally and now more people are being able to get approved and apply and all that stuff. So if you work for a nonprofit or you have a nonprofit, that's a hack. Cause I know some people that have nonprofits, not only to give back, but also that qualifies them to loan forgiveness. So just keep that in mind as well. But make sure that you talk to your student loan servicer and see if this is an option for you, because more than likely it is. He also says that he wants to protect future students and taxpayers by reducing the cost of college and holding schools accountable when they hike up prices. Okay, that sounds good. We'll see how that goes. It doesn't really have a direct influence on us today, so I'm not going to get into it now. But I highly recommend going to the whitehouse.gov site because this is a very long page and I'm not going to go into all of it. I just wanted to do the highlights. But definitely go in there and looking at the fact sheet about the student loan relief because the news can report anything and they'll only sensationalize certain aspects of it. But it's a long document <laughs> that you should absolutely get an understanding of because even in the news reports, and I've read a lot of articles about this, they did not hit on some of the stuff that's in here. So definitely keep that in mind. Whew. I need to take a break. <laughs> Please let me know if you have any questions. I'm checking the chats on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter to see if anybody has any questions and Instagram. Sorry, y'all. I see you to see if anybody has any questions so far. We've covered a lot and I try to keep these short, sweet to the point as much as I can. 
And I think I'll probably leave it at that because I don't want to overwhelm y'all. It's a lot. But I do want to say again, thank you so much for tuning in to Finance Friday Live. I do this every Friday. I go live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. So that way I can reach all of y'all. And I enjoy going over what has happened in the week or if I miss a week. We're not going to talk about that. What has happened in the past two weeks in the world of finance? Because things change so rapidly. And every week I have something to talk about and to educate on. Definitely set your timers, alarms every Friday at noon Eastern time. I go live and we talk about all the money topics. Thank you. Thank you again to everybody. I hit 500 subscribers. I am so excited about that. If you haven't seen a post on your respective platforms, you probably will soon. But I'm so excited that I hit 500 subscribers because this is a long game. I put out this content. I love doing it. But y'all. It's very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult to get all this content out. So I'm super excited about that. I also just hit 30,000 listens on the podcast. So if you're not listening on the podcast, please do so. All of my lives actually get reposted to the podcast every Friday as well. So if you missed anything and you're not on any of these platforms, you can still catch the information. You can still catch these gems on the podcast. And then also... If you're on Facebook, you can give me stars. It's like Facebook's way to support your creator. That would be fantastic because I will tell you, it takes a whole team behind me to do what I do <laughs> and it can get very expensive, but I want to keep doing it and I want to keep it going because I feel like this information is important. All right. So anyway, I will see you all next Friday, possibly. I might, I'm going to be at a conference, but I might see y'all next Friday. I might go live while I'm there, but I will love to see y'all next Friday. If not, please tune in to the podcast on Tuesday. Hit up all my socials. I'm on all of them at all times at Money Talk with T. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and your weekend. Bye. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>